0: You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Travelling tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zimke. Morina Kirsten, how are you this morning? Morena, I'm good. That is good. I'm excited about this because uh, I quite like the tracks you've brought us this morning. But I know that we're sort of entering um, musician, technical, sort of inability territory this morning. What are we talking about today?
1: Well, we're talking about pitch singers that sing off-key. And it's actually genre territory. Ooh. Because in some genre, it's like acceptable or like, as you said, people are kind of enjoy it. This sort of naturalness of it you know now we have auto-tune and you're just never going to hear something that's not absolutely perfection in key and so yeah whereas some genres absolutely unacceptable have to be on key now um we did singers with bad vocal timbre yes a I was year gonna, ago i was going to ask
0: what is the difference between pitch and timbre for uh you know an, a music 101 nerd like me
1: Now it might sound the same, you know, because sometimes it's hard to parse which one it is. Timbre is like the quality of the voice, like if I sing N-A or whatever, but or but if I have a bad timbre, it's A, -A -A -A," (laughs) but I've still got the pitch right. Yeah, yeah, right. I I mean, it's the like quality, whereas the pitch is instead of singing that, I'm singing that, Uh, and it's and you're gonna hear that sort of jarring sharpness. Now there was a lot of songs where it's like they would capture an artist sort of occasion, you know, like in one spot, Yeah. but I tried to find ones where it was more obvious that, so you can hear like this, what what the band is sort of trying to project as an A or a B or a C or whatever, <laughs> and what the singer's doing. I'm going to hit the first track. Well, you can already hear the guitar. Yeah, is, totally. Doing pitchy things. So this is from 1960.
0: Rosie and the originals. It's just like ever been here with you. You're like an angel. It's the, the, uh, the landing on the angel really sells it, eh? All yeah,
1: because her timbre is fine. It's a particular type of timbre. But the pitch between her and the guitar She's I, I love sharp. this,
0: to be honest. You're yeah, hitting a bit sharp, but I kind of love it. I think it gives it so much personality. It's goofy. It's kind well, of yeah.
1: heartfelt. Well, you're in good company because a lot of musicians absolutely adored it. John Lennon's covered it. Um, System of a Down covered it. Linda Ronstadt covered it, who's a really perfection singer. Even that Tiffany 2005, I think we're alone now, covered it. Amazing. Um, Led Zeppelin references her. Oh, there we go. <laughs> See for me it really hurts my ears. <laughs> that's cause you're, that's because you're a real music music. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're bleeding. <laughs> but
0: See, for me I, I think it's a personal preference thing, but like if the song sounds a little bit a little bit off, I'm sold, you know? That's quite often what will hook me in, keep me interested. And the
1: guitar, you can tell, is barely making it there.
0: (laughs) Even the saxophone's having a struggle, and I'm kind of loving all of it.
1: So she she was 15 years old when she made this. And she wrote it. Whoa! But a lot of legal battles, schmattles, you know, the music industry, um, you know, they all sort of fell apart and, you know, had trouble recovering their fees.
0: I think there's quite a lot of this kind of, like, 60s woman pop, girl pop that has this type of sound to it and that kind of like the girl next door type of thing like you know your, your friends maybe you're sound right. a bit like
1: this yeah that's part of the aesthetic too you're right that, no I'm not a professional singer I'm just like you I'm just like you I'm just a, yeah. I'm just a
0: girl with a headband yeah and so I'm just a singing from my
1: heart yeah. yeah and so like you can do it too and you can um, sort of identify with me Actually, it'd be fun to put it through
0: auto tune and see the difference. <laughs> yeah, I'd be keen to hear uh, the listeners' sort of thoughts around poor pitch or songs that maybe you love that have poor pitch. I think we can be how
1: the windows are doing in your car.
0: <laughs> yeah, how the windows are doing in your car. I think people are going to be um, quite into the next couple of tracks as well if they weren't already into Rosie and the originals. One, two, three, four, five, six.
1: Jonathan Richmond, eh? Bit of Modern Lovers. Yes, from 1977. Yeah, you can hear the guitar not quite perfectly tuned to <laughs> pitch Now, this is another sort of genre
0: space where it feels like the bits that are a bit off are kind of what uh, the hallmarks or the things that make the a beloved type of sound. Would that be fair to say?
1: Well, yes. And this became this is called proto-punk. This is the American punk, which is a little different than British punk. But yeah, he, the, the band in this era is considered a precursor to sort of indie slash alternative music where you know, singing not in perfect pitch is considered lovely and organic and natural and this artist is so popular, he's been covered by Bowie, Susie and the Banshees, Echo and the Bunnymen, and even Aloe Black. <laughs> and members of this band went on to be in car, the Cars and Talking Heads.
0: twice, I'm in love with and I feel like the Modern Lovers are a really interesting band in this kind of like uh, world of trained musicians and non-trained musicians because yeah, they're they're yeah. actually like kind of a perfect blend of both. Like some of them have incredible technical skill, and some of them are like Jonathan Richmond coming in with this the flair and the personality that can really sell the song on top of that.
1: Yeah, it gives it an angst. It it, it gives it sort of an everyman. And that he's just so in the zone, he's singing out of tune. Now he's kind of half talking, too. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say, this is sort of almost adjacent to Spreck saying a little bit.
1: Totally. I don't even know if this instrument's tuned
0: either. Someone's texted in saying, like you, Rachel, I also like things a bit off key. In fact, sometimes it's not that obvious to me because it's so common in the music I love. I kind of feel that's sort of how I feel about this. So I'm like, oh yeah, I've never thought about Jonathan Richmond. sort of just... He just has a chat. He just speaks to you really. Yeah, yeah I've never really thought about the, the, like, the technical quality of his singing. It's just, it's old mate Jonathan, it's eh?
1: good. See, me, like, having been trained to try to always be perfectly pitched, yeah, and then when yeah, you're yeah. In choirs, right, you've got to all try to be singing the same note. But that's actually what gives choirs their fullness, is because everyone's trying to hit that note, and... There might be slight offness between, which is why you get quite a fat timbre. Yeah, totally. Because the pitch is being sort of not hit in a precision space, but a slightly wider. And that's why you can hear kind of the fatness of it. Of this, it this is kind of how I sing when I've just woken up. <laughs> yeah. I, got the, I got the world of-
0: I think we talked about this when we talked about timbre but uh you know you think about imagine trying to hear a rolling Stones song where uh where they sound good you know what i mean <laughs> where, the, <laughs> where the vocals are like really beautiful crystal clear delivered so well it would just not be interesting Mm-mm. it wouldn't And that was
1: wouldn't that be was part of the importance yeah. of rock and roll is sort of being anti-classical roll over beethoven it's like oh this, <sighs> The night could last.
0: Oh. I feel like we're putting Kirsten through some sort of torture machine this morning, whereas I'm it having is. a lovely time
1: <laughs> enjoying all of it. Well, especially those, any singers out there that have done studio work, you know, you sing something lovely and you hear it back and you're like, oh no, and yeah. you gotta do hundreds of takes.
0: Or not just studio musicians, any child with a mobile phone from the year oh, like, yeah. you know, 2010 onwards. I never have to see the day again if you close. So, this is
1: the Velvet Underground. Who's the vocalist here, Kirsten? So, this is their drummer, Maureen Tucker. And so, it's from 1964. Um, I, I didn't look into to confirm this, but apparently there was no music video. So, they held a competition in 2014 and chose the right one. <laughs> That's so good. Hello. You know. <laughs> Was this oh, in. She's the getting better. <laughs> I was saying she
0: doesn't quite hit that one. What indie oh, movie from like the 2000s was this in? Was it Juno? Was this in Juno? I feel oh. like maybe that was Ooh. how it entered my subconscious
1: first. Yeah, you possibly. Might be re- yes, it's been in quite a few films. She's well no, not <laughs> quite
0: there. Feels conversational the night could last Marky Smith coming through on the text machine here Yeah, imagine listening to the fall with uh, like a really beautifully classically trained it just wouldn't be the same thing It'd be a totally different different thing Rowan quoting Billy Bragg in a perfect world we'd all sing in tune but this is reality so give us some room because <laughs> if you close the door
1: she hits it almost though She like manages. Just get to eventually
0: to see the day again once more i never have
1: to see the day again
0: but you got to—I mean—you got to think about that song. I mean, there's a lot of extremely famous Velvet Underground songs, but that's a song that's almost transcended the Velvet Underground as a yeah, band, and yeah. it has become that—you know—a uh, uh, placeholder for a lot of other types of music, m- been in movies, all that sort of thing. And so, obviously, it really resonates with people—that sort of charming, uh, kookiness to it, you know.
1: And the choice they made—they're like, oh, you know, they could have said. You know okay the singing didn't quite come through let's get somebody else in the band or a guest singer to sing it but they ch- you know they purposely said you know what I really like the song this way yeah and
0: yeah totally <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate it I was just giving it a text that someone said don't leave out what's his name from the Pogues but I appreciate that in the don't leave him out you also couldn't remember his name so <laughs> I really enjoy that message thanks so much Kirsten for bringing us a bit of off pitch singing this morning. <laughs> Maybe it's a genre that's like dear to my heart. I didn't really, I've never thought about
1: it in that grouping before, but I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Where are we going to go next week? Okay, we've got just as weird a one. We're doing songs with phone numbers in them. Ooh, okay. <laughs> phone number music.
0: Exciting <laughs> stuff. We'll see you then. Okay. That was Travelling Tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zempke. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM
1: with a B B-card. Go to 95 slash sign up.